Oh, hello, Mr. Gallbladder. Don't you get too comfy next to Mr. Liver, because here comes Dr. Turk's robot laser. Hey, Christopher, I could do without the color commentary. This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 86, for the week of June 18th, 2012. I am sexist Medipod David T. Cole, and I'm here with facehugger Joe Reed. I hug your face. And robot butler Tara Ariano. A nice uh, hiatus. Uh, I was looking thanks, at the calendar Semi-planned. and thought, wow, was the last episode we recorded really Moonrise Kingdom? Because that was forever ago. That was forever ago. Here's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Boop, 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 Time for another Joe update. <laughs> Joe went home for his college reunion, as we discussed on the Kim yes. Maxi Mini. Buffalo, New York. Come to for bu- the college reunions. Yes. Stay for the uh, emergency surgery. Yes. Why don't you tell us what then <laughs> happened? <laughs> So the night before I was supposed to come home... Let's just say before, for the record... You're, spoiler you're, alert? You're, you're fine now. Oh, yes, I'm fine yes. now. <laughs> um, so the night before I was supposed to come home, I got a raging stomach uh, attack, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, stomach pain in, uh, in my gut. Yeah. And it felt like someone was blowing up a balloon inside me that Ooh. was getting ever more... Uh, filled that's not pleasant and i couldn't there was no there was no way to be comfortable about it i think if i could have found a way to comfortably sleep i probably would have slept and then gone back to new york yes and that would not have been a good idea oh no at all no. so i went into yeah, where the, you want to be when your gallbladder is exploding is not on, on a train no, no no it is not um Even so in joe we're gonna have to put you in the uh <laughs> in that lounge area we're gonna just lay yourself on the table oh my god and, i would uh, be on the i would be on the here with counter. the with the dull steak knife, is uh, just going to have to perform emergency gallbladder surgery. So th- Here, bite down on this uh, Otis Spunkmeyer muffin. <laughs> we can laugh ideal. about it now. Yes. Because everything turned out fine. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, checked, went to the ER that night. They, in a couple hours, diagnosed the gallbladder uh, as being the problem. Yes. And the next day, it was out the door. Whoa. So, huh. um, and then... It was like several, two weeks of recuperation? Yeah, it was several days of recovery, then back to the ER with a complication oh. um, in the form of fluid around my lung. Right. And then, so then it was home for another five days, home being my parents' house in yes. Buffalo. Um, and honestly, like, this is where you want to be when you're having emergency surgery is with your mom and dad yep. in your childhood home. Yes. So um, finally got back a couple days ago and managed to, like, like a crack addict finally <laughs> getting back to it, like, saw three movies in two days yep. and just one of them being uh, Prometheus which right. turned out to be somewhat thematically <laughs> consistent indeed with my uh, with my time away so then say. we were supposed to record the episode yesterday uh, yes and you then got I got food poisoning because I can't stand to have the spotlight on Joe for one single <laughs> second you guys that was that was enough Diva um, maneuver I really I really tried to uh, to, to soldier to through tough it but out. then I, we were supposed to record at 11 it. and then at 10 I called Joe I was like I can't Things are you happening. Sounded, yeah, you sounded. I had twenty-four hour cholera, basically, is oh, what God. happened. So, Ouch. and are me, fine I'm now. fit as a fiddle. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Dave went to the, his trainer today, yeah. like a good little boy. Been running. Went went for a run yesterday Strong on like Sunday. Bull. Yeah, Dave is a superstar. All right, so we Enough have to make up, make up for some lost 
pop culture time. Yeah. This is a mega episode. So this is probably going to run long. So if you uh, have some sort of, you know, beef against things that run probably an hour <laughs> and a half or whatever, <laughs> just make it, a piece guys. with it now. Yeah. Split it yes. up into two episodes. Yes. I don't know. Whatever. It's up to you. It's up to you. Seriously. How do your local hospital and get that part of your brain uh, <laughs> operated on and taken out of you is all I'm saying. So, um, First of all, we're going to talk about Prometheus, as Joe was saying. Yes. The, uh, the movie you want to see after you've had things extracted mm-hmm. from your stomach. And how. Prometheus. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of glad, actually, we have some distance from it because it's an interesting pop culture yeah, the item. The backlash cycle on that one was it really... It was really fast. But it's not only the backlash uh, cycle, it's sort of the backlash yet i still really want to talk about it yeah scientific yeah. pickiness about mm-hmm. it it's really interesting when a yeah. movie sort of hits that weird sweet sour spot mm-hmm. where people really seem to to hate it but also can't stop talking about I didn't it i think they leaned on the pseudoscience hard enough to justify a lot of the nitpickiness mm-hmm. that i've been seeing mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna understand it as nitpickiness but just to be like well it didn't hold up for me on a scientifically rigorous <laughs> level so i didn't like yeah. it mm-hmm. that seemed strange to me because i don't feel like it was that dependent on hard science well yeah i mean a movie yeah, exactly like a movie like this doesn't really need the you know um approval of somebody like neil DeGrasse Tyson, Tyson. Yeah. like it's not that kind of movie we're not dealing with you know an actual scientific movie right you know it is science fiction obviously it is yeah. fiction imbued with you know the trappings of yeah futurism and science and stuff like that yeah. so I don't I don't knock the movie so much for those elements right. yeah. as I would say knock it for characters that just have weird you know inconsistencies or are very uh blandly written yeah, I think that You better was... not talk be, be talking about my boy David. Well, well, he was, you know, um, like Kirk uh, talking about Spock at Spock's funeral. Yes. Of all the souls I met on Prometheus, he was the most human. Yes, he was. <laughs> Can we at least agree on that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Kick in a spoiler warning, actually, really quick, because my problem has to do with the fates of all of these people. <laughs> uh, spoilers, a hoe. <laughs> Fun ahoy. By now, you've all had a chance to see this movie 50 times. Seriously. Each, so no, I know. That was really except. No, no, of course we have to. Um, but I feel like the characters with David as maybe the least uh, problematic of these mm-hmm. um, were so stock type. And we've seen these people before in other movies mm-hmm. so often that we knew what was going to happen to them just based on who they were. You knew Numi Rapace was going to be the final girl. Of you course. Knew, because she was the scientist yep. who had enough of a heart we knew her boyfriend was going to die early because Mm -hmm. he was the scientist who was cynical and he was mean to david he was mean to david um and david certainly got him back um we knew charlize theron was gonna end up paying for being an ice queen we knew uh stringer bell was gonna be heroic we knew (laughs) like the two frady cats were gonna die a frady cat's death basically and and speaking about the geologist frady cat yeah can we stop using tattoos as a character trait please <laughs> he also had a mohawk of sorts <laughs> yeah that was uh, yeah yeah um but you're right i mean and this is you know it's sort of not surprising when you consider it comes from the guy who wrote lost a show right. full yeah. of the same stock characters you can yeah, probably yeah, match yeah. them up yeah yeah but i thought i thought the logan marshall green character could have been so much more interesting and they made sorry which really, one's that the the tom hardy jr oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um 
they really just sort of went with a lot of shortcuts into, oh, he's mean to the android and he, like, he's reckless or whatever. Like, he's the first one to take his mask off. Like, that kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I thought there was a lot more that you could have done with the two of them, the couple, uh, beyond what ended up happening with yeah. them. I was the whole movie. I mean, I I did enjoy it, and at the yeah, I did it, too. In the end of at the movie, I'm like, okay, I like that. I didn't have that visceral hate reaction to it, mostly because I didn't really go into it thinking it was going to be particularly scary in that alien vein. Mm. Like, if Alien was the horror film and Aliens was the action film, I thought this was like the documentary film almost. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, this was the the. Um, uh, the History Channel version of, yeah. of of the Alien franchise, how it all began kind of thing. Yeah. So maybe it was an expectations issue with me where right. I kind of enjoyed it. And plus, I kind of enjoy that stuff when it's real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the how, how things came to be part of it really sure. interests yeah. me as like, you know, as a, as a, you know, lover of history, even yeah. if it's fictional, it's sort of interesting to me, which is also sort of why, and I, I please don't take this as an endorsement of the film, but also why the parts of Phantom Menace that I enjoyed were uh, for that reason. Yeah. You know, it was sort of like the History Channel version of Star sure, Wars. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the anthropological, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, so I, 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 I didn't quite get that reaction to it. Yeah. I, I totally get where people are with the characters and it sort of has like a first draft script feel to it where mm-hmm. I feel like, or maybe it was like an editing room. Like I keep on hearing that there was like, oh, there's 20 minutes of footage that's going to make it make total sense. So everybody didn't get it and like sitting on the floor. Well, okay, well, why wasn't that in why there? Wasn't that in there? Um, so, you know, I think for me, most of the problems I had were just, again, it was characters that just weren't written as well. And I think like I kind of made sense of the, plot in so far what was going on with the uh on the planet with all yeah. the with all the goo yeah right and i followed what the goo was doing to everybody i mean the fact that the goo made humans and then made a zombie human that made a squid that made a xenomorph like that's the flow of the movie right hopping from one thing to the next yeah doesn't make too much sense as far as nothing looks like <laughs> what it came out of yes out of it but i mean that's that's the black goo for you i guess yeah in so far why it turns people, I mean, there seems to be like this mystical element where it sort of like, you know, imbues the nature of the host with, you know, it sort of becomes a physical manifestation of, of what is going on in, you know, their mind or their nature, right? Roughly. Sure. I mean, that's sort of a fan wank that they don't come out and say it, right. but I that's mean, the thing. Um, I think that's implied. My favorite thing, and I'm sure everybody knows about, about this now, was like in the original, you know, outline of the story, the whole thing with the engineers who are the big blue guys in the film right. yeah. was that, you know, they are the guys who basically, you know, the guy at the beginning of the movie drinks, drinks some black goo is broken apart. And that is like the, 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 the building blocks of, of our life on earth DNA, or, or, or wherever, but yeah. humans somewhere in the universe. Right. And then there's a throwaway line in the movie that, you know, the, the engineers were fine to let, you know, humanity do whatever till about somewhere around 2000 years ago, something went wrong. And like in the original script, it was like, yeah, that was supposed to be like the engineer sent Jesus down. And then, uh, then we crucified Jesus and they got kind of angry oh about God. it. And I was like, that's a little on the nose. Uh, I thought you were going to say like, then we elected George W. Bush and they decided that was too much. <laughs> then they moved GI Joe retaliation. <laughs> and that was too much. So <laughs> perfect. Um, so when you hear things like that and you see what was on the, on the, uh, you know, on the screen in the end, it really does seem like 
the script could have used a little more time in 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 the oven. Yeah. Um. You know, I didn't have a trouble following it, but it just seemed like it could have been a lot tighter. Yeah. And they could have rethought what the characters were doing to tell that story a little bit better. Yeah. Like I do get the idea that you know they were on this planet basically engineering this goo at once it was supposed to give life now they're doing it to take it away yeah because they made a mistake which was us right Right. and but like it 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 needed like not not much of that story is told through the through the characters on the ship right? right it's just sort of like at one point Stringer Bell says something like, well, I, this was like, he just like yeah. basically says, well, this is a weapons lab. Yeah. And he just sort of figured it yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. And he just says it. And, yeah. and, and that was like, well, that wasn't a great payoff. Yeah. Yeah. If there's one thing that drives me crazy <clears throat> about a movie, it's weird or bad casting mm-hmm. stuff. And like, I don't know why you cast Charlize Theron in that role when it's such a waste, when it really just doesn't give her anything to do. And I don't know why you cast Guy Pierce. Just to slather him in old man makeup prosthetics when you never see him as a young man. So there's no point in not just casting a guy who's already old. Well, I mean, first of all, no one is that old. Well, right. (laughs) Also that you would have to old up even a very old person. Sure. Yeah, I would guess. But I I just. Well, that's. What's the point? Why can't we just cast an old guy? Yeah. Right. I mean, I know why they did it, because they did that promotional stuff before the the movie. Are you casting that just to do a promotional thing? That seems incredibly backwards. I also thought they cast Charlize Theron in that role because you were maybe supposed to think for part, at least part of it, that she might also be an android. Well, that's what I thought when I first saw the first preview. I was like, oh, Charlize Charlize Theron's an android. Yeah. And I get that, like that's a perfect role for her because she's like, she's great at playing shit like that. Yes. I just wish it, it gave me an Hot expectation. Potato. Yeah. It gave <laughs> me an expectation that that character was going to do something more interesting by the end. And right. because it didn't, and it's like uh, on the page, that's not a problem because whatever. It's can we, just can we go Vickers. back to the guy Pierce thing just before I forget my point, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is, I have a theory about why they did that. You like, like I think that they could have just cast an older guy and be done with it, and that uh-huh. would have been fine. Like I think, like just because you can put a young guy in old makeup, and it so that you can see the eyes it. are the same, like you don't need to, right? I mean, yeah. we 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 understand the language that okay, this is yeah. now guy, this is the character. He's he's old now, but you know Ridley Scott's doing the Blade Runner prequel too, right, or sequel or something like that, mm. right? He's doing another Blade Runner. Okay, and there are hints that there, these They'll two things over. take place in the same universe. Mm. Um, and <laughs> Joe's not convinced. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if Guy Pierce shows up in this play. Yeah, no, that would, that would, that's least, my theory. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if justify is the word, but that would at least be an explanation that, uh, yeah, no, that, that's some explanation right. <laughs> for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the big standout scene for me, the big moment where I kind of like really, you know, decided, okay, actually, this is, this is good. This is yeah. good stuff. Was the Medipod scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, I geez. haven't been so <laughs> watched, like, yeah. through, through my, watching through my fingers in, in a long time. Yeah. yeah, that was upsetting. Oh, so, like, if you haven't seen it and you're not going to see it, you just want to know what happens. Basically, you know, two-thirds of the way through the movie, the female lead has been impregnated by her fiancé or boyfriend, I forget, and... Who um, has already been dosed with yeah. alien He was, goo. at this time unbeknownst to him had alien DNA yeah. swimming around in his, uh, in his guys as you do. And it impregnated her with sort of the precursor to the face hugger from the alien movies. Yep. So she freaks out and she knows there's this super fancy Medipod 
set up um, in in a in a different part of the ship. So she has to basically basically give herself a cesarean. Right, because the, the machine doesn't recognize because it's set up for Guy it's, Pierce. It's, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's set up for Guy Pierce, so it's set up for a male, so it don't it can't perform. A Although, cesarean. why can't you like it, like it's the future? I bet these things have a good amount of RAM. It's mm-hmm. not like yeah. they bought it from the Medi Apple Store and it's like you know I think I'm just going to go for four gigs just to save some money. Like that guy's putting sixty terabytes that- of RAM in there, <laughs> and he's going to put in male and female. Like you can just put everything in there. You Flip can, a switch. What, or what if like he has that. a dog or a cat he really loves, and you, you could he put doesn't. the dog and the cat in there too? He has a dog he doesn't love that's true i guess he yeah. has a robot he, he, he right he does yeah and and he's i can see that he he doesn't want her to use his stuff yeah yeah, yeah. but that scene oh my god that stuff. scene was... and also <laughs> la- lady's stuff is complicated yeah if that's a that would be an expensive that would be an expensive future medicine add-on. just gave up on women it, oh guys forget <laughs> it look we'll 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 just we'll we can put rods through the penis and that's like really the apex of, me, of metal t- medicine it's just like we can't figure it out but it really showed her like thinking on her feet or whatever that yes. like well they can't do cesarean well just remove this foreign object yeah. from my yes. midsection i will say being in the unique position that i was mm. i was really like <laughs> And then she's running around. I was like, I couldn't clear my throat after having yeah. my surgery. Like that yeah. fucks with your muscles in your core. Your core does a lot, you guys. Mm-hmm. It does a lot. Yes. So, but I mean, props to her for her amazing recovery skills. Apparently. Well, you also weren't being like, you weren't in fear for your actual life. No, I was not. Also, you didn't have that. Yeah, she's got all that you adrenaline. Ch- right. You yeah. were being chased by an alien. Yes. I, Plus I assume. Future morphine. I've never been in a hospital in my, my anesthesia experience wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. <laughs> That that's uh, what I thought of. So yes, you're right. <laughs> uh, anything else on Prometheus? Um, no, I already said that Dave is my most favorite character because yeah. he's the most ruthless, and he has that fingerprint he is the with the logo ruthless. on it. So that's, that's always cool. my thing. Yeah. So and he's like, look, guys, I'm part of Weezer. And he he also seemed very taunty for a robot. Like he was very much just like, well, don't we all want to kill our creators? <laughs> la 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 la. What did you like, say on Twitter, Tara, about the 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 movie is a story about a robot who it's, it's the story of a bunch of jerks who are very mean to a nice Peter O'Toole fan named David. <laughs> wow. That is a way of interpreting that movie. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you know, again, it also, I feel like this movie reaffirms my worldview, which is sometimes it's better to get crushed by a ship than to try to go through the universe with a, a head in a bag, a head in a bag that you can't to, trust. Trying to find Other your thing. origins, which at this point, why do you even care anymore? Why would you want to get back into a spaceship after that whole ordeal? No, just better lie to down, be crushed. Lie down. Yes. yes, exactly. Let the alien eat you. Whatever. Like whatever. The, the living head of David oh. was enough to tell the human story. Yeah. If it's needed to be told, and she is no better off. Charlize Theron is much better off. I will also being a say ship pancake. Yeah, that is definitely true. <laughs> I will also say right? this movie reminded no. me that You're one right. of the master strokes of the Alien franchise, and I'm sure some other sci-fi entity had done this previously, but the idea that their blood is acid yeah. is such a great idea because it keeps coming up in when you think you've forgotten it and all of a sudden it's just yeah. like you're trying to fight back and it's like, oh, but their blood is acid. That like, moment where the guy's helmet yep, melts right onto, onto his, his face, face. Yes. like... 200 sheets of saran wrap yeah. straight from the microwave. Yeah. That's, that's not peeling off very no. easily. That's, that's a bad way to go. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So shall we talk about, what do you want to talk about first? Mad Men or Bunheads? Let's do Mad Men. Let's do Mad Men. All right. <laughs> from darkest to lightest. Yes. <laughs> so Mad Men ended. It did. For its fifth, fifth. season? Yes. Yep. Fifth season. Um, no surprise engagements. Peggy at the came end. back. Peggy came back. Well, well we- not to Sterling Cooper Draper. Price, no, but, but she came back to the show. You were hoping she was gone for good. Yeah. I love Peggy. 
Joe, I love Peggy. On the podcast a while ago, at the beginning of the season, you said this season, or maybe it's on Twitter. You said this season is going to be all about fan service. This was the fan service. You were season. right. It really, you were really like was so right. Yeah, I'm going to take credit for that one yeah. because I did call that at the very beginning of the season. Like, and from Pete Campbell getting punched no once. less than 17 <laughs> times, he yeah. really was a lot. Like, we get it, you guys. You know the fans <laughs> don't like Pete. You know that it's just going to be an easy cheer. Like, but it was that. It was Fat Betty. It was Joan divorcing her husband. Yeah. It was, it was at the end, Don going back to his finger banging ways. You know what I mean? Like, it was a very much like stand up and cheer because Don Draper's being unfaithful again. He, he didn't. He, he was gonna. We come don't. On, come on. We, we don't. do. Don't Look. we? The we most do. important thing is that by the end of the season, Alan Seppenwall agreed with me that Megan is the worst. <laughs> and that was, that's all I frankly cared about. I mean, obviously the Joan, the Joan Jaguar yes. episode was a lightning rod and we yes. don't necessarily need to get back into it. No, but yeah. I felt like there, I felt like it made sense. I felt like it, it made sense. It was horrible. Yes. But it made sense. I felt like that episode itself, I think ultimately. I just said we didn't have to get into it and then we and by, Well, uh, I'm just And by gonna, sense. No, no, no. Tara I'm not means, saying you're doing Yeah. <laughs> just to clarify, by making sense, Tara means it just makes good business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, it does. But it also, to, to yeah. me, it scans with what we know about her character, which is yeah. she's pragmatic. I just thought that episode itself took some narrative shortcuts to get there that yes. I would have rather that they didn't. But mm-hmm. overall, I, I don't disagree with that, that that's not inconceivable that Joan would do that. Yeah. Um, I think if I think the season, the season's big plus for me was this was probably the first season I've really loved Roger. I know Roger is your favorite. Yes. Um, I really thought this season opened up Roger in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. I don't need him to be nice. I need him to be Good, engaged. He's not. Right. But I need him to be engaged. And I thought he was more engaged yeah. this season mm-hmm. than he had been. I thought giving him that little brief uh, working relationship with Peggy was yep. very interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought the thing with him getting divorced from Mona and like him dropping acid was another one of those Jane. fan service moments. Or Jane, sorry. Um, him dropping acid was another one of those fan service moments, yes. but I thought that one worked better than most of them did. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I was kind of taken back that they actually did like the weird, like, um, effects of him under the oh the hallucinations yeah the yeah. hallucinations like that was that, that i didn't weird. expect that it certainly wasn't Seemed... as bad as paul kinsey coming back as a oh, harry God. krishna <laughs> that was that i was gonna bring that up that was sort of the low point for me it was yeah. like it's like matthew was it weiner weiner seems to have like a 1960s talking points checklist he's yeah. like quickly going through to make sure uh, that felt more of like call harry krishna's let's do it oh, yeah. and then like for him to like Wanna, and and then there's the Star Trek uh, spec script yeah. storyline involved. And I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. And I also thought much. that the fate of Lane Price had been a little too heavily foreshadowed mm-hmm. and prepared for in yeah. that by the end, by the time it happened, I was like, well, finally, because you knew that it was leading up to, if not that specifically, then yeah. something terrible happening to Lane. And yes. it's just like, all right, we got it over with. That's fine. I didn't not like the season of Mad Men. I thought it was... You could see the strings getting pulled a lot more clearly than you could have in mm-hmm. previous seasons. Though, I agree. I but yeah, it it did seem like they were, um, you know, using a a, a big hammer this season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
one thing I really enjoyed about the whole Lane <laughs> suicide. Yeah. Uh, My favorite part of Lane suicide was. <laughs> oh, um, actually, it was that AMC is currently doing this big campaign right now to keep AMC.com on like Dish keep Network. Keep AMC on, not, not dot com. Oh. Just keep AMC. But I thought that was their Oh, Earl. The, they had URL, Earl yes, yes, I'm sorry, you're right. Yes. And, you know, this whole campaign for people who have Dish Network to write in. And there was this one, they showed one commercial during uh like the third last Mad Men and basically it was just everybody on Mad Men making being angry and having yeah. sad faces. Mm-hmm. And Tara says, Oh man, that commercial really just should have ended with Lane <laughs> hanging himself. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I would give what ultimate. I would give. Come on, you two people. Let's get let's get on that, right? <laughs> let's, get together. let's make that happen. Let's make that I'm happen. just saying that's the logical conclusion of what it they're is. saying. Yeah. Oh my god, it if was so funny. Dish drops AMC, you will kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, other positive thing this season I should mention, um, so I don't shit on the show too much. I really like Ginsburg a lot. Ginsburg a lot. is great. I really like him and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does he is in the great. next season. He stresses me out. Why does he stress you out? Um, because he's unkempt. Uh-huh. I think I tweeted at some point. It's, it's I'm I'm worried that the season is going to end with no one giving Ginsburg a makeover, <laughs> and it happened. He, the unthinkable I, happened. It no did, but I, I, I just want I want to know I want to know more about him. Mm-hmm. Like we got that shot in, in the fir- the very his very first episode where yeah. like we follow him back to his terrible Lower East Side apartment. With yeah, his, like with his dad. His yeah, his weird old yeah doddering Jewish dad. They're like so Jewish, and then yeah. someone else that I follow on Twitter said in that intercut with. D- with Betty and Sally drinking or eating ice cream in their wasp castle or yes. something like it was, you know, again, the strings being pulled, but still it's like get, something is going on with Ginsburg and he is he's yeah. intriguing to me. Yeah. I think he is too. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought he was, he was one of the big silver linings for me. Do we want it? You oh. want it? You want Peggy to come back more in the, the next season? I do. I don't need her to come back to the agency, but I want, I, I think Peggy for me is, twin to Don in terms of I want to see where this series takes the both of them. Right. And I feel like the series isn't going to be complete until we see them through both through the entire run. I agree. It's very unlikely that she's done with the series because, you know, her first day was the first day of the show. Right. Yeah. As I think Kate Arthur pointed out in her Twitter at some point. So it's like, it's in the, in a way it's the story of the two of them. You're, I think you're right. Yeah. What they can do with that character, though. <laughs> what is your major uh, beef with her again? My problem with with is the, with, is with the performance that I think Peggy yeah. is supposed to be smart and Elizabeth Moss is clearly dumb, and so I just I don't find her interesting. Uh huh. And that's basically it. I liked the shot. I know the 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 shot of the dogs humping each other in the courtyard was somewhat controversial with uh, <laughs> fans afterwards. Yeah. I liked it because I feel like that's. That that sort of always happens <clears throat> with Peggy in a way that I find humorous but not mean. In that Peggy's moving on up in the world, she gets you know she's yes. getting this cool new job, yes. this fun new on the road assignment, going sure. to eventually name Virginia Slims Virginia Slims. Yep. Um, and what does she do? She's in her hotel and she gets ready to relax and she looks out and it's two dogs humping each other in the courtyard. So mm-hmm. it's just like never never quite for Peggy, like yep. almost right. Like not that. married, living with a guy. Right, exactly. Like not, brass ring, not just Don's out of the equal reach. Yeah, at another age. But in a way that I feel like is yeah. warm towards Peggy, sure. and not mean in the way that I feel like the show is with Betty. Yes. Yeah. I I acknowledge the Peggy thing is my thing. <laughs> that's just that's just me. Right. Um, what do we think is going to happen to Megan next season, though? Because that's a trajectory. That who certainly... cares? <laughs> but clearly, that's like a thing that's going to happen. Clearly, to be we're supposed in to care. Way. Yeah. 
Um, but even on on Don's behalf, we're so, we should you know. If if next season started with them having an off screen divorce, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that he he just finally decided she was not what he wanted after all. Yeah, and vice she, versa. Yeah. I guess. I guess because she was such a part, such a huge part of this season. Mm-hmm. And I will add, not a wonderfully consistently written part of the season. Uh, no. I thought every week we kind of got a new Megan yes. in a way that really was uh, weakened the story. Uh-huh. Um, but she was such a big part of it that I feel like there needs to be a bigger resolution in the next season to whatever becomes of their marriage. I guess. Uh, I'll end this discussion just on the note that Pete Campbell still is the best character mm-hmm. in that show. When I say best, I don't mean most likable. No, I mean yeah. he is the character that gets that shit moving. Yeah, yeah. and he I is agree with you. still the most interesting character to me. He's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Prometheus, mm-hmm. then to Mad Men. Yes. And now to Bunheads. Yeah. And a show that Tara was looking forward to for a long time. I sure was. Explain it, why. It's it because it was made in a lab to be the show that I would like. It really was. It's from the creator of Gilmore Girls, Amy Sherman Palladino. It's set in the world of dance. It is. With teenagers. With teenagers. And it stars Sutton Foster, the adorable Broadway star who we talked about a few weeks ago. Yes. Uh, in a Flight of the Concords episode That's for right. the canon. Yes. Um and it oh and it also and has Kelly Bishop. and Kelly Bishop from Gilmore Girls plays her mother-in-law. Yes. And I thought it was delightful. I really loved it. Our f- friend past guest of the show Adam Grossworth poo-pooed it immediately in the really? first minutes of seeing it because I didn't see she that. ends up marrying her stalker and he was disgusted Shh. but then by the end of the episode he was won over again. Yeah, that was that was not unproblematic in that she married her stalker but I thought the show gave enough reasons as to a, why she did it, and it's not like she was sort of giving herself over to a fantasy. Right. That was her basically giving up. Yes. So yes. I don't think the show was treating it as a fairy as tale moment. As a beautiful moment. love story? Exactly. No, the show knows what it was. To me, it was like, yes, it was her giving up. It was yeah. her in a moment of crisis thinking, how do I get myself out of this? But I also thought it was sort of like Amy Sherman Palladino giving herself an interesting writing challenge of like, mm-hmm. how do I create this person who's going to be so devoted to her? And make well, make her want to stay with him. Yeah. And then she she gives him this beautiful speech where she Sutton Foster's like, well, fuck. I yeah. guess now I have to love you. And at that speech, because that guy is played by Alan Ruck, who yes. you remember from Ferris Bueller and Spin City and such and such. Yes. Um, and Greek. I guess speed is the other the third and, thing that people would remember. From and Star Trek oh, right, Generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? I think. Sure. 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 Yes. Um, but watching Pause. that speech, because it is a very lovely speech and it's very nice, mm-hmm. but it's still Alan Ruck, who is... Not a troll of no, a person. No, but he's nobody's dreamboat. But boat. he's nobody's dreamboat. And so <laughs> right. I was watching that scene and feeling like, boy, they've really written themselves into a corner mm-hmm. here because you can't, he's not good looking enough to be the guy that you are going to root for her to end up with throughout the course of this hopefully long running series. Right. But he's also too nice now and too kind and wonderful that you can root for her to be with somebody else right. because it'll make her seem mean and heartless. Yes. So I was like, how did that? And then at the end of that speech, I was like, oh, she's going to kill him. <laughs> and then what happens at the end of the first episode? She meaning Amy Sherman Palladino. Amy Sherman Palladino. Not, yeah, not, not, not Sutton character. Foster's character. No. ABC no, 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 family. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that happens on Pretty Little Liars, probably. Yes. Um, I'm sure. Which I, I also watch started watching on my convalescence. Oh, so I see. That was my convalescence show. Mm-hmm. Um, but so by the end of that first episode, uh, we get uh, uh, old sis from Friday Night Lights, yep. uh, Mindy from Friday Night Lights, yes. comes in with the news that she doesn't say it, but clearly 
He's been killed. He'd been killed in a, yeah. in a car accident. So then the series is going to move on from here with Sutton Foster and Kelly Bishop sort of finding a tenuous relationship. Sandy Duncan's like, daughter-in-law. Yeah. yeah, right? Sandy Duncan's like, my time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> nice reference. Um, but I was like, okay, well, that's how you solve that problem, I right. guess, is now all of a sudden she's a widow. And mm-hmm. it was very interesting. And I thought the girls they, they got to play the dancers are promising. Yeah, I like she's the, good at casting teenagers. Yeah. And I like the way, I think it's, it was very clearly like, it's still your Gilmore Girlsian dialogue. Yes. But in a way that was and just. And setting. Yes. Yes. Oh, very much so. Very quirky small town. It's even like a barn, like Miss Patty's barn. And names like, what's, uh, what's, the one's name is like Boo. You know, one yes. of the dancers is named Boo. And uh, um, I don't know, it's very sort of quirkily named characters. But mm-hmm. it was, I think, different enough where like, this isn't l- quite Lorelai Gilmore. Like, she has some of the kind of plucky, you know, attitude of a Lorelai, but not quite, it's not quite her. And Kelly Bishop, where you're not going to cast Kelly Bishop and have her be so different from Elle Millie Gilmore, because that's what right. people who watch that show love. Yes. But she's different enough. She's pretty different. She's earthier, and yes. she's she's got a sense of humor, and she's not as, she's not as status obsessed. She, right. she looks down upon Sutton Foster, but not because she's, you know low class or whatever. And we get it's, to see her dance. And we get to see her dance in that first and episode. That's a delightful scene. She's, yes. Yeah. The two of them have great chemistry. So I will be rushing home tonight to watch the next <clears> episode. <throat> Indeed. However, it doesn't look like there will probably be more than one season for this because apparently very the low premiere, rated. Yeah. And the, the word is that it skews too old. Well, that was... For the intended yeah. demographic, which that's, I can also see. That's so a if problem. If it ends up being this summer's huge in the sense of like, it's, it was sure. a great one season and yeah. that's all you get... I'll, that's fine. Let's start I mean, pressuring Lifetime yeah. now, you guys, though, because, man. Do you care that the was it the showrunner for Scandal said it was another girl's insofar that oh, there's... Oh, Shonda Rhimes? Scandal. Yeah, Grey's Anatomy is the show she's better known for, <laughs> oh, Dave. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, I... I just, I just like to be up to date. That's I don't really love... I don't love Amy Sherman-Palladino's response of, like, I don't do message shows. Amy Sherman-Palladino's a really interesting person who writes things that I almost universally love, yes. except for The Return of Jezebel James. <clears throat> Um, but, and then you see her in a But as a person, a I'm like, I shouldn't like you at all. Hat. Exactly. Like, she looks like slash. a monster person. She does. And she I mean, does. I, you know, she, and she also said she doesn't care about eating disorders, which fine. Like, I, you know, it's hard to address. It's, I feel like it's kind of a cop out to mm-hmm. do a show about teenage girls that true. want to be ballerinas and not yeah. address it. Yeah. If even center stage took it on, like, <clears> it's kind yes. of a no brainer of a topic. But, yeah. you know, I, 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 I feel like her answer should have been, this show is set in a tiny town in whitey white California. Yeah. Like it's reasonable that there would not be it's reasonable. any people of color living there. Right. It does occur. Yes. But also I think that like striving for more representation in everything on television is a good goal anyway. Sure. I feel like I think there was a little bit of like Shonda Rhimes trying to catch on the new hot criticism uh-huh. of a television show. Yes. And that's kind of important. I think it, Amy Sherman Palladino shouldn't have been the one to say it. Yes. But I do feel like there's a degree of like, let a lady get a show off the ground. You right. know what I mean? Like, yes. come on. But, I don't I don't love Lena Dunham either or that show. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Lena Dunham, A, has handled that controversy pretty well. And I think that's one of the criticisms of girls that held the least water for me. It mm-hmm. led to an interesting conversation. But I feel like that girl, that character conceivably would have a circle of friends that's going to look a lot like her because she's a very sheltered girl. Like, so 
I don't know. And credit where it's due to Shonda Rhimes. She she does she, she does, does make her make sure all of her shows are very diverse and balanced yeah. in a way and that the, does not seem like tokenism exactly. at all. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so good for Shonda Rhimes for that. Scandal is a really good show, you guys. Is it really? It got much better. It started pretty dumb. I saw the first couple episodes. But by the end episodes. of the first season, it really kind of Did it? got going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's well cast, certainly. I like Carrie Washington, Washington a lot. Carrie Washington is so beautiful. She's so beautiful. I just want to look at her. Yeah. <laughs> and and her and Tony Goldwyn are really kind of a sexy couple. Yeah, there's there was some good chemistry there. That's that's totally off topic, except for Dave. <laughs> but anyway... Bunheads, yay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bunheads, definitely yay. Yes. So I uh, was laid up, as you may have heard, for quite a while. <laughs> you what now? Um, home uh, in Buffalo with not much to do, but like I said, start watching Pretty Little Liars with my sister. Try not to clear your throat. Try not to clear my throat, exactly. Um, breathe deeply so as to stave off pneumonia. Uh-huh. And watch a lot of YouTube of So You Think You Can Dance. Sounds because, like you had a lot to do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that actually was a lot to do. Um, because nothing brings me more unadulterated and uncomplicated joy than watching So You Think You Can Dance. So I watched mm-hmm. a lot of it because there's a lot of it on YouTube. I found a YouTube channel that basically had just like, you could chrono- chronologically go through all the seasons. So I was nice. like, this is nice. Um, and of course, one of my great and uh, and much publicized loves, if you follow me on Twitter, um, from that show is Debbie Allen, who mm-hmm. uh, expresses her joy for dance in a very motherly uh, and enthusiastic way that really makes you remember that, yes, this is Felicia Rashad's sister. Mm-hmm. And um, she's just fantastic. And also, I've been itching to do a uh, a video clip compilation for a while. Once I figured out that I could download YouTube clips, and there, there's a program, there's a Windows Movie Maker or whatever that's really kind of like idiot-proof in terms of like... Don't give away all your secrets. Do this here, do this there, <laughs> clip, 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 clip. Yeah. And I You're had a, a talented bu- editor. Well, I was going to say, you just need a lot of time to be able to do this, and I had a lot of time. So I sort of taught myself how to do this, and I put together this two-minute clip of all of my favorite Debbie Allen moments, because you realize Debbie Allen, while me, for me such a huge presence on that show, has really only guest judged on that show a handful of times. Yeah. So I sort of went through all her clips, pulled out her best moments, and by her best moments, I mean all the times she said, honey, child, um, <laughs> or something to do with calling the fire department, because yep. that was hot. Yep. So oh. I pulled that all together, and I and I made a clip of it. And I basically, to send to my like five friends who watch that show, and just yes. be like, this is a thing I like. Yes. But I put it up on YouTube, and I've t- I tweeted a link to it, and... Because Twitter is an amazing thing. It eventually, yes. somebody tweeted it at Debbie Allen. Yes. And she proceeded to uh, favorite it and then retweet it. Yeah, she people. did. And that was the greatest thing ever. Because now <laughs> Debbie Allen has seen this thing and that I made And then Joe magically got better. And then I got healed, you guys. His gallbladder grew All three his- sizes that day. <laughs> All his core strength came back. Oh, my God. It, it was, was just the fact, God, child, the fact that Debbie Allen saw that. <laughs> Honey, it was fantastic. Nice. So that was yeah. a great time to try. I was very happy. It 
is time for the canon. Tara has her hand up. I just wanted to say we picked this one. It was a user submission. Uh, Better Off Ted, season one, episode four, called Racial Sensitivity. And we chose it for this week when we thought we were only going to be talking about Prometheus because, like Prometheus, this is a show about a group of co-workers in a slightly <laughs> sci-fi-tinged environment where things tend to not go exactly as they would hope. With an icy blonde in charge of and things. And lots and lots of goo yeah. as well. Yes. Proceed. Better Off Ted is, like Arrested Development, a comedy that was canceled way too soon. Luckily, Arrested Development is getting a second life, but that doesn't seem to be the same fate for the extremely smart and funny, if lamely titled, Better Off Ted. I would like to submit to the canon Episode 4 from Season 1, Racial Sensitivity. It's revealed that research scientist Lem never got the Viridian Dynamics Christmas bonus of deliciously flavored coffee, and his lab mate Phil chides him for not speaking up about the oversight. Phil leaves the lab area, and moments later the lights go out on poor Lem. First no coffee, and now no light. The lights only turn back on when Phil returns. When Phil exits the lab, yes, the lights turn off again. It gets dark whenever you leave the room. Oh. How can I stay mad at you when you say things like that? Veronica, a top executive in the company, brilliantly played by Arrested Development alum Portia de Rossi, explains that the money-saving motion sensors have been installed throughout the workplace, and they're triggered by sensing light reflecting off of skin. She concedes one tiny flaw. It doesn't seem to see black people. Oops. It's soon revealed that not only are the motion sensors in place for turning on lights, but also activating drinking fountains, opening doors, accessing the restroom and any number of other things that low-level employee drones might be using all willy-nilly. When Veronica tells about this slight downside to the motion detectors, Ted suggests this might be a wee bit racist. Things escalate when the company decides to hire a bunch of white toadies to accompany the black employees wherever they go. They are hired for their one and only virtue, their whiteness, <clears throat> to activate these motion sensors for Lem at all. This is Stu. He's a huge idiot. But he was born with the God-given talent to trigger a light sensor, so here we are. It says salty! Well, that's because it's salt, you huge idiot. What is it? Salt. Salt. Salt! Okay, you know what? You have to do something. Because I don't care for all this yelling. It's time for me and the guys to ride again. Stu, we're leaving. I think this might be salt. Really shouldn't eat things in here. Veronica tells Ted, though, that no matter how it looks, the real issue isn't discrimination, but it's about money. After all, the company's motto is money before people, and always has been. Engraved right there on the lobby floor. Lem realizes this truism as well, so he and Veronica convince a conference room full of all we white people that there is a financial advantage to going back to the original system. The main story is one that was covered several, several times during the show's run, big businesses' never-ending quest to invent new, better products, not for the sake of actually improving people's lives, but instead for big profit. This episode, though, puts an extra spin on it by also making the observation about the lack of minorities, not only in the world of science and soulless corporations, but of course, also on our TV screen. We never should have let that white guy off. We're eight black men in an elevator. Of course the white guy's gonna get off. 
Better Off Ted spoofs its own lack of diversity with a story focusing on its token black character, Lem. I believe that Lem is a standout character in the TV trope of black and nerdy types that includes Turk from Scrubs and Troy from Community. And racial sensitivity is, in my opinion, a standout episode of Better Off Ted. Thank you for considering its inclusion in the canon. Thank you, Michelle. Um, that's a good encapsulation of the A plot. There's yeah. also a B plot involving Linda, um, the Alison Anders character, and her... Boyfriend, question mark? Yes, and yeah. her doomed love and flirtation with Ted. Right. Um, that never really goes anywhere, as yeah. far as I can tell. I mean, the show didn't last very long. Right, it didn't really have a lot of time to go uh, much of anywhere. But this was still in the, like I said, fourth episode. So yes. stage where like... So the, her boyfriend is Christopher Palaha, Palaha. from, uh, not Revenge, Ringer. Ringer, Life Unexpected, that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad Men, briefly. Right. He played oh, yeah. Carlton. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is fine. I mean, there's there's funny stuff, and it it's it does the tip yeah. of the the sitcom thing of like I hate this guy, but oh, he turns out to be super yeah, nice. Yeah, So Ted and, and so then it's you know you don't want to root against him, but really yeah. you only see this guy hardly at all, so it doesn't really yeah. work. But right? it gives Linda uh, a good opportunity to sort of Linda playing off of that. I thought was really funny in yeah. the way that she would just sort of get like hyper accusatory for no reason, and yes. she played that well. She was very funny. I really actor. liked her a lot. Yeah, I, I she's mean, had some bad luck. She really she has. Was on Joey. She's kind of a show killer. She was on Joey. She was on the Mr. Cl- Sunshine. The class. Oh, she was on the class too. She was one of the people on the class. She was in that Matthew Perry thing as well. Yeah. And everybody on the class went on to do something good. So she really like she's up for Tough it. Tough times. Yeah. For Alison Anders. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the any any story focusing on Lem is great. He was always my favorite character on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Lem and Phil together. Um, AKA Dan Blow. Phil, yeah. See, Phil's. I love Phil so much, and it's so funny because like it just makes me love Dan even more because it's just like you also like you're a fantastic person in your own right, but also you yes. remind me of if, Phil. Yes. Ba- way back, way back, it was like episode eighteen or something yeah. like that. We had Dan, Dan on talking about um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Yes. And this character is like his mannerisms and his voice yes. are so close to our friend Dan. Yeah. It's and they look eerie, alike. and they kind of look yeah a little bit yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. But just like Lem and Phil together, uh, yeah. it's just the perfect. You don't need you don't need a romantic relationship in the series, right? Because we have Lem and Phil. Um, but as, as Michelle says, it it is it does something which very few shows do, which is it takes on race in a very frank way. Yeah, and doesn't shy away from it. It makes makes humor out of it without it being right. offensive. Right. Um, which she cites Scrubs, which is another show that that addressed race a lot in a very in very smart ways. Yeah, which I think it never really got that much credit for. No, did well, King of Queens. There I sit. They, they uh, did too. The well, thing, they they do it matter of factly. Yeah. Well, they, they do they it matter of factly because they deal with it in the sort of framework of giant corporatism yeah. and yeah. in the way that corp, giant corporatism can be cold and impersonal, impersonal to a degree to which there's no malice to it. Right. It's just impersonal and clueless and has no I like no regard for any kind of humanity. In any way. So I loved that they did the fake ads a lot. And I thought they they pretty much stayed strong throughout. But this was my favorite one. One of my favorite ones. Where it was the whole... Diversity, mm-hmm. good for us, yeah. and it was, and in the way you could see it, you could see it written, and it was just like, yeah. oh, it's good for us, yes. like, like, but the way that the the yes. voiceover did it was just perfect. Yeah, oh, I loved it. Yeah, you know, Better Off Ted seems like a show, even though it was canceled just a few years ago. Right, right. It seems like forever it ago. Seems like a kind of show the internet really should have latched on, and I feel like yes. maybe if it was just launched twelve or eighteen months later. Mm-hmm. 
that it would have got this like weird Twitter kind of. It would have been bump. the community of its time. Well, I, it certainly yeah, that's a good way been. to put it. It has a lot in common with that kind of internet fascination yeah. with nerdly things. Yes. With yeah, fant- with the fantastical, which you know, community increasingly mm-hmm. jumps to. This is sort of like splits the difference between community and Arrested Development, sort yes. of as far as tone goes. Yes. And the way he approaches jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like, I mean, this the guy who created this also created Andy Richter Controls the Universe. Victor Fresco. And was, did he have another? And what was the other show? Um, well, sadly, the last show that he was a showrunner on was Man Up. But wasn't there another office? Ouch. That's not good. I guess I'm confusing. But anyways, he's he's done a lot of stuff like really culty cult favorites. And I feel like better off Ted just was a slightly ahead of its time. Like I think it could have got picked up if it was just a little bit later or on cable or something. Or it seems like the kind of show that would have got, um, uh, Cougar town today. Yeah. You know, if it, if, if if it was canceled by ABC, Netflix or something would have picked it up or something Something like that. that. Well, because that's, this is a show that really could have done well. It didn't need to be a network show to do well, mm-hmm. and it probably might have even done better on like if TBS had been the comedy yeah. behemoth yeah. that yeah. it that's not a behemoth now, but it's like had it's the drive player. the drive to be a comedy player yeah. n- and, uh, then than it does now. Yeah, that's yeah. Good it would have been a great fit. Then. And it couldn't be that expensive of a show. I mean, the highest no. line item on that is Portia, Portia de Rossi, yeah. who I will say, and not to slight her on Arrested Development because I think she's fantastic on Arrested Development, but this was the show that I was like. Oh, Portia de Rossi's actually fantastic yeah. comedic actress. Yes, like she is. she's so good on this show. There is really another bum that she's going to be on this Adam or uh, Munsters. BS. Yeah, oh. it really takes what? her out of. Wait, uh, what? She, she's what? playing Lily Munster in the Munsters reboot. A yeah. TV show or like a Broadway thing? It's no, it's TV on TV. Mo- it's a show called Mockingbird Lane from Dave, the producer, the creator. Wait, let me guess. Desperate Housewives? Pushing nope. Daisies. Oh, Pushing oh daisies. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guess who's playing Herman Munster? Is it going to be quirky enough for you now? Who Who do you think is playing Herman Everybody Munster? Everybody pats their head and rubs their belly as they do their dialogue. <laughs> Why? Just because. Answer <laughs> my question. What? Who is playing Herman Munster, do you think? Herman Munster. Uh, Bear in mind his wife is being played by Portia de Rossi. Oh, I, I don't know. What I'm just this. saying for age purposes. Oh, uh, the janitor from Scrubs. No, that's a good guess, that's though. That would really be much better casting. It's Jerry, Jerry O'Connell. Oh, God. Oh, ouch. Wow. wow you got... really were laid up if you missed that piece. Yeah, I did. I missed that news. <laughs> I missed that piece of news. I had heard yeah. about Portia de Rossi, but I didn't really hear there's about it. Yep. So there's another episode of Better Off Ted is the one that my mind always goes through, with the one where they're creating all those products, all the, like, the weird hybrid, like, don't you remember that one? Yes. Yeah, that's the one that always comes to mind, and that's what I was thinking of about, like, how it really didn't click with the internet in the way that I think it would now. Yeah. Um. But this show was really funny. Like it, it, it so really was good. off so many people's radar. Yes. Yeah. And I think if well, you Well, it was like, a mid-season show that premiered at a weird time. Yeah. And then they moved it around and then they yeah. like burned off a bunch of episodes over Christmas holidays. I mean, it had yeah. no it had no stars and stuff like that right. too, but that hasn't stopped a lot of other good shows from yes. from right. making it. But I think if you liked either of those two shows I mentioned, Arrested Development and Community, there's probably something for you to like and better off Ted. Yeah. Yep. She is right. This is a terrible name. Arrested Development's a terrible name for a show too. Yeah. And, uh, and News Radio, I would I would put in there too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good that's that's another a good, workplace show. Yeah. Um I think you'll find a lot to like in Better Off Ted. And yeah. I think it's pretty even keeled. I find that there wasn't yep. a lot of duds. There was um and there's a lot of little nerdly things. Like even like with community, you know, there's always little Easter eggs and stuff like that. You'll find that here. Like there's the the episode where they're doing all the R and D about um 
making products or weapons or something like that. There's like a there's like a Doctor Who robot in the background. Yeah. Like they were the ones who created it. Yeah. Um, and all this sort of stuff. So little fun things like that. Um, I think you could just pick one episode. This probably wouldn't be my choice. I probably would go with that one I was mentioning. But I think it's a lot like it's had a, such a short run. Let's yeah. pick one episode and celebrate the show. This is one of the episodes that I do think of, actually, when I yeah. think of the show. I feel like the... Uh, because it's such a Phil and Lem centric episode, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, I feel like this particular plot. I just remember that idea of like him like bending down to the water fountain and looking at the next one and seeing like the little <laughs> sign that says for black people yes. just encapsulates the idea of the of the show. I remember actually just quickly going back to why it didn't catch on. I remember being there being some sort of like fan wanky kind of explanation for that because it was just after the economic crisis that people weren't looking for workplace like comedy, which didn't make any sense to me because it's so like savaging. But if it was a success, the headlines would be escapist entertainment. Exactly. And exactly. And I feel that way too. Um, But I thought it was, it's, it's, it was just enough of the familiarity of a workplace comedy, but it really stepped outside those yep. boundaries with yes. the sciencey stuff in yep. a way that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I'm glad that it, somebody put it to the canon because it's yeah. like one of those shows that deserves some some recognition yeah. now. And yeah. if you go back to Better Off Ted, it's all on it's on Amazon Prime for free. You can yeah. watch it online, or, or it's on Netflix. I was going to say many it's other still places on Netflix, for, yeah. for free. Yeah. Um, but if you watch it, when you get to the episode about uh, using inappropriate language in memos, <laughs> yeah. there. There's a clip yes. on the internet yes. that has all the outtakes of the real swears that they used when they were shooting the episode. It's really well edited and it's, it's so good. fucking hilarious. So don't watch it until you've watched that episode. It's a season two episode. Yeah, uh, pr- pretty late in the run of the show, I think. Yeah. But it's a it's an it's an excellent bonus yeah. um, for that. experience. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, good call on reminding people. All right. That. So better off Ted season one, episode four, racial sensitivity. What say you, Tara? Yay. And Joe? Enthusiastic. Three, yay. four, three. Yay. Shh. All right. All those things I just said before we started the music, you are hereby inducted <laughs> into the extra hot crate cannon. Americans love a winner. Yup. And will not tolerate a loser. Nope. It's time for Winner and Loser of the Week. And Joe, you have our winner? I do. Winner of the Week, uh, George W. Bush. You know that guy who used to be president before this guy now who is president. Mm-hmm. Um, big Winner of the Week because after we all figured out that in a Game of Thrones episode uh, from last season where nobody saw it, but apparently one of the fake heads that was put on a pike outside of the uh, the walls of King's Landing or whatever... Um, was a prosthetic head made to look like George W. Bush, which, of course, nobody saw on television and nobody would have known about if they hadn't mentioned it on a DVD commentary. So, of course, the story... Oh, is that how it came out? I thought it was just people watching it slowed down on HBO Not Go even or that. Nope, nope. It was Lord. from a DVD comedy, uh, commentary. So, of course, the story the next day is horrible television people decapitated <laughs> our president mm-hmm. uh, and put the put it on television because that's how we do things in America. And now. then they had to apologize and then they had to pull the episode from HBO Go and wherever the fuck else. Uh-huh. So congratulations they George didn't W. Kill Bush. It for real. Your honor is saved. Why are, I don't even understand what they had to apologize for. They didn't have like, to apologize for anything. Gosh, like, guys, we have to be really careful. We can't let them know about the Citizen Kang episode of The Simpsons <laughs> <laughs> where Bob Dole gets ejected out of the airlock. They both do. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, but the other, sub loser of the week is every news outlet, and Dave Holmes posted about this on his Twitter, but yeah. or on his Tumblr. But thank God, every news outlet that referred to it as the decapitated head of yeah. George W. Bush, because no, it's not. It's a de- disembodied head, decapitated body. There now you, you know. That was your pedantic lesson of the week. Would you accept severed head? Yes, severed okay. head is fine, but right. decapitated, think about it. That is true. Decapitate no, right. is right there in the word. It That's doesn't true. make sense. Must How can a head a be of decapitated? Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> Loser of the week, House Hunters, because it came out, it was faked. Big fucking whoop. Like, as if you couldn't tell that from watching the show. When you say faked, what do you mean what's faked? Oh, they, like, the two of the three houses are usually not even for sale. They're just, like, someone's <laughs> friend's houses that they cleaned up for the Does show. Does that really take away your enjoyment of the show? I mean, I, I really binged on it when I started watching it. I watched it a lot. Yeah. And then, like, I came to the point where I was, like, in the middle of an episode and was like, no, I don't care about this anymore, yeah. and turned it off, and I've never watched You've it since. You've moved on to sexy robots. Now I've watched sex. That was just a special. Oh, okay. Sex robots. Okay. Which, by the way, was amazing. They are sexy robots. Now I robots watch. Robots who like sex. My sexy show's robots. on. Here is what I do watch on HGTV in case anyone is keeping track. <laughs> Home by Novogratz, which I hope comes back. What is that? Home by Novogratz. It's the people that used to do Nine by Design. I see. On Bravo. Sure. Um, Junk Gypsies. <laughs> Love it or list it. Property Brothers. I think that's it. Are the Property Brothers formerly Property Virgins and now they're just not virgins so they have <laughs> no. to call them something else? No. Okay. They're actual brothers. They're twins. Okay. They both look like uh, Flynn Rider from Tangled. <laughs> and one of them sells real estate ah, and the other one is a, remodels it. Nice. It's okay. a pretty great show. All right. Guys, do you know what time it is? Yeah. It's what? game time. Dork time. All right, so we're back. This is the 10th game time of the season. Joe is leading five to four. Yep. It's a close season. Yes. Today, we are playing Westfall Daycare from (laughs) Teresa. (laughs) Yes. Parents from all around our TV land are picking up their children from the Tommy Westfall Daycare Center. (laughs) I made this up. I made it (laughs) It is your Joe job. Joe doesn't know what that means. He's too young. I'll explain it. We'll explain it in a sec. It is your job to make sure you give these TV parents the right kid. I'm going to announce the arrival of the parents, and you tell me uh, which kid belongs to them. Oh no! And what show they're going back to? Okay. Okay. So possible one, two points. One point per identified kid. And yes. One point for the show. You may ask for a hint. I'll give you the show. Okay. So okay. there could be multiple kids getting picked up. Is that what we're saying? Could be. I will tell you that there are an equal number of points for you. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. It's okay. all fair. It bounces around a bit because of the math. I spent about 20 minutes trying to figure out <laughs> how to make all these points uh, even out. Okay. So I got 34 questions for you, okay? Right. So I'm going to read you the parents. Yep. I'll uh, tell you how many kids are involved. Oh, God. You tell me the kid. You tell me the show for oh, one, one point per kid. One point for the show. Mm-hmm. All right. So Tommy Westfall, Joe, um, <laughs> is so at, at the very end of uh, St. Elsewhere. Do you know about the end of St. Elsewhere? The Spoiler. Kid, the kid with the, the artistic kid with the yes. snow globe. Yeah, That's yeah. Tommy Chad Westfall. Allen. Oh, okay. And then there's this whole thing that about. That was Chad Allen who played him? Really? And there's this whole thing <laughs> that. A pre-gay Chad Allen. Yeah. Called the, the Tommy Westfall universe, which is all the spinoffs and the characters that 
were in St. Elsewhere. They were in other shows. And yes. then it's sort of like this big family tree. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very complex. That whole thing. So yes. like, I've seen to, that to diagram. The, to the point yeah. where theoretically Every, Friends yes. is inside that snow globe. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's all because of Richard Belzer, really. If you're interested in it, just look it, up. It actually is. Yeah. <laughs> you just look up uh, Tommy Westfall Universe and you'll find yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the, the no, big PDF. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I know what yeah you mean. it is really, really interesting. All right. So Picky will determine who goes first. It's Tara. Okay. Are we ready to play Tommy yes. Westfall Daycare Center? Yes. All right. The parents that have just arrived are Murphy and Jake. Uh, it's Murphy Brown is the show. And, and the kid. Um, Avery. Yeah. Like the label. Oh. Two points. It came from the universe. Yeah. And now arriving, Duncan and Meg. Ugh. One kid for Duncan and Meg. Please retrieve... Show, please. Veronica Mars. Oh, God. They named that kid? <laughs> um, I'll give you a hint. Oh, did they name her Lily? There okay. was also acceptable Faith for some uh, reason. Oh, huh. Okay. But Lily after his dead sister. Veronica Mars, people can tell you why. Sure. I cannot. So Tara. I can't even for, remember that. That was one point, right? One yeah. point. Okay. These parents have just arrived. Emily and Richard. Emily and Richard Gilmore. Yeah. From Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And their child's name is Lorelai? Yeah, they're picking off Lorelai, correct. <laughs> she, there are times when she seems like she could use a daycare. <laughs> yeah. Joe. Yes. Now arriving, Amy and Ricky. Amy. Picking up their one child. No, Amy's the kid on Up All Night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's um, one child until you're informed otherwise. We're going to okay. go through a bunch of ones. Okay. Amy. And Ricky. Hint, show, show, please. Secret, Secret life, life of the American teenager. Oh, God, I get the grossest ones. Um, <laughs> I have no idea you what they would have named Veronica Mars. What are you talking about? No, but I didn't like Duncan one. and Meg. Fair enough. Um, I don't, like, Max. I don't know. John. John. All right. Yep. Tara. Yes. Parents now arriving, Miranda and Steve. Sex in the City, and their kid's name is Brady. Correct for two points. Joe. Joe is disgusted. I'm disgusted at this. <laughs> Parents now arriving. Puck and Quinn. Okay, that's from Glee. Oh, their kid's name is... I... It was her name, Faith? Is that your answer? Faith. Beth. 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 Oh, that's so close with the sound. Song. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Tara. Yeah. Now arriving, Rob and Laura. Petrie from the Dick Van Dyke Show. Dick Van Dyke Show is correct. I don't know what their kid. Rob Jr. Richie. Oh. Richie. Not All right. Old. Here's a tough one for Joe. Okay. Ross and Rachel. Ross and Rachel are from Friends, and their daughter's name is, was is she's not dead. They're picking <laughs> up a live baby. We don't know. <laughs> Her sister. Took a turn. God, I'm giving Amy, but Amy was her was Christina Applegate on that show. I feel like their kid's name was. You know who really wants to answer this right now? Tari Ariana. Oh my God! Gonna it's... need an answer, Joe. 
I don't know. Here's why you don't remember, because the, they gave that kid a bullshit name. Which was? As if they would name her Emma. Oh, right, When Emma. he almost was married to Emily. Emily, that's true. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> that episode was on like a couple of days ago, and Dave can attest, I was mad about it all over again. Attest I can. Emma. <laughs> Tara. Yeah. Violet and Pete. Violet and Pete. Show. Private practice. <laughs> Smokey. Lucas. Nope. All right. Joe. Yes. Angel and Darla. Okay. Angel and Darla from Angel, and their kid was Connor. Also accepted David. Apparently. David. Yeah. Who played their kid, Dave? Vincent Carthizer from Batman. Oh, shit. Yep. yep. Oh, neat. All right. That was our 10th question. Score break. Tara, points. <clears throat> Seven. And Joe? Five. All right. So lost a game. Anybody's game. Uh, Tara. Yeah. Frazier and Lilith. Uh, are from Frazier. And cheers. And yes. their kid's name is Frederick. Correct. Two points. Joe. Yes. Claire and Thomas. Claire... This is, of course, the Thomas. illegitimate child of Claire Huxtable. <laughs> no, never. Can you imagine? No, I can't. I can't even believe I said that. Um, Claire. Claire and Thomas. Uh, hint, please. Lost. Oh. Thomas was the father of Claire's baby. Claire's baby, Aaron. Correct for Turn one point. bed. Uh, <laughs> yes. Tara. Yes. Ellie and Andy. Um, are on Cougar Town, and their baby's name is Stan. Yes. Correct. Joe. Yes. Derek and Meredith. Uh, Derek and Meredith are on Grey's Anatomy, and their kid is Zola. Nice. Thank you. Tara, <laughs> are yes. you ready for this? Now arriving to the daycare center. Yes. Dexter and yeah. Rita. Are from Dexter, and their kid's name... William? I don't know. Harrison? I was going to say, if you thought it through, yeah, Harry's, Harry's Law and Harry's all that kind of stuff. I couldn't yeah. remember what yeah. the dad's name was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Joe? Yes. Fox and Dana? <laughs> the X-Files. And their kid's name is William. Yeah. Yes. Who put that, that in your brain, <laughs> I wonder? All right. Number 17. Red Eagle. Red Eagle. Paul and Jamie. Buckman are from Mad About You, and their kid's name is Mabel. That's right. So it says to Mabel, I says, mm -hmm. you got two points. Mothers always bring, bring extra, extra love. <laughs> the worst. Just the worst. <laughs> All right. Our last one-point question. Okay. Max and Tess. Max and Tess. Max and Tess. Oh, shit. I'm going to... All right. This is going to be a guess, and if I'm wrong, I'm going to... Hit myself, maybe. All right. Roswell? Oh! I don't know what the kid's name is, but... Roswell. Listen to your friend, Kid Zane. He's a cool guy. <laughs> it was Zane. Zane. God. All right, Tara. Piper yes. and Leo. Piper? Piper? Pipper? Piper? I think it's Piper. And Leo? Yep. Two points involved here. Um, Two kids, I mean. Show, please. Charmed. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lenny and Squiggy. I don't know. <gasps> <gasps> oh. <laughs> One of them was Wyatt, Yeah, right? Wyatt and Chris. No, nope. uh, that was, show was not on my team. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's true. It wasn't on your team. For Joe. Yes. Two kids. 
now arriving at the Westfall Daycare Center, Sydney and Vaughn. Oh, they had two kids? Alias. One point for Alias. Um, was one of them Jack? Nice. And I can't remember the other one. Jack A. <laughs> no, uh, not Jack A. Isabel. Oh, a lot okay. of Isabels on TV in the yeah, uh, in the aughts. That's yeah. true. All right, uh, that was number twenty. So let's check in with Shit. the score. Fourteen to Joe's. Thirteen. Whoa! Yikes! Nice. All right, for Joe. Nope. For no, Katara. For me. <laughs> Two kids mm-hmm. now arriving. Doug and Carol. Doug and Carol. And Carol. Yeah. Oh, ER is the show. Mm. You were getting stuck on King of Queens for a yeah, second. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, I don't know what their kids' names are. Tess and Kate were the kids, but you got one point on that one. All right, <clears throat> Joe. Yes. Sandra and Elvin. <laughs> Cosby Show. Two kids. Winnie and Nelson. God. Correct. Three <laughs> points all together. Tara. Yep. Monica and Chandler. Two kids. Well, that's from Friends also. And um, oh. season finale, which I've not watched a lot. Uh, Joey <laughs> and Jack. Okay, Jack named Geller. after Sydney's father, who <laughs> <laughs> sacrificed himself. Who was the other one? Erica. Oh right, Erica after the mother, after Anna Ferris. Oh right, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, Ta- uh, Joe. Yes, Fran. And Maxwell. <laughs> Would have been the nanny. Oh, God. Um, what do they need to pick up kids for? She is a nanny. <laughs> I have no earthly idea what those kids would have been. Jonah and Eve. Sure. All right, Tara. Yeah. Two kids now arriving at the Westfall Daycare mm-hmm. Center. Jim and Pam. Uh, are from the office. Their first kid is Cece. Right. And the next one is a boy, and I don't know what his name is. Take a guess. Can't hurt. Brian. No. Michael. Philip. Oh. All <laughs> right. Joe. Yes. Red and Kitty. That 70s show. Their kids are Eric and the girl, the, the trampy girl is... Who needs all the care she can get. Yes, she does. Yeah. Um, On screen and off. M? Lori. Lori. Lori spelt the whore's way yes. with an I. Yeah. All right. Classic 70s name. Yeah. yeah. Tara. Yeah. Darren and Samantha. Um, Bewitched. And then there are one two kids. One kid's name was Tabitha. And I did not even know they had another one. Adam. Oh. Adam. All right. Question number something. I think it's 28. Jesse and Rebecca. Full house. And they had two kids who were named the following, which are, <laughs> which I will begin to say in a moment when I say, um, was one of them Ben? <laughs> Cody? Was one of them Alex? Alex and wow. Nikki. Alex wow. and Nikki. He was something, something Greek. Yeah, that's right. Greek. Whoops. Nikki, shut up. Come on, Nikki. Just... <laughs> Mind your own business for a second. Okay, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six. You got three questions each. What's the score, Tara? 
21 to 20. Wow. All right. So uh, this is for Tarek, right? Yeah. Yep. Your parents now arriving. Yes. Jason and Maggie. The Seavers from... And wait. Sorry, go ahead. From from Growing Pains. Four kids. Yep. Four points at... Okay. Mike. Carol. Ben. Chrissy. Nice. Yeah. nice job. All right. Nice job. God Joe. damn it. I'm so disgusted I know more about that show than I do about friends. Joe, yes. also four kids okay. to be picked up. Parents now arriving. They want their kids. You better go get them. <clears throat> Quit fucking around. Alan. <laughs> Alan and Amy. Oh. oh. Just Joe made, just made the saddest face. face. Alan, Alan and Amy. Remember, Alan. you can get the show as a clue. And Amy, yeah, I'm gonna need the show as a clue. The show is Boy Meets World. Fuck me, <clears throat> Corey. Uh, he had three siblings. There must have been some late babies in that <laughs> one. Some clones. Um, I just saw the end of an episode. Scientific mistakes were made. Things were poured into vats. All right, I'm gonna guess Sarah. <clears throat> I'm gonna guess Joseph, and I'm gonna guess. <clears throat> <laughs> each individual Steve. one. I don't know. He had an older brother. There is. Oh right. Well, what was his name? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, either. who did you guess right? Corey, right? Corey. Yes. I got Corey. Oh. Fucking Christ. <laughs> you said Joseph. There is a Joshua. Nah. There is a Morgan and Eric. Eric was the older Eric one. Was I the think. older one. Yeah. You're right. So they, they were like standing over a crib. I seriously saw this episode three days ago, and I would not have remembered any of them except Corey. Oh. God, that was funny. Okay. okay. <laughs> the, the, I wish we had the face you made on camera, though, because that was so cute. All the joy and mud bill went out of my face. Tari, you got to go pick up four kids. Yep. Four kids for Roseanne and Dan. Ah! Okay, that's from Roseanne. And their kids are Becky, Darlene, DJ, and Jerry. Jerry. Correct. I don't think I would have gotten Jerry. Okay. Joe? Yes. There are three kids. Okay. Okay. We're going from four to three, but okay. you'll know why. Okay. In a bit. Now picking up their kids. Now announcing Robert and Cora. And Cora, Downton Abbey. Fuck. Okay. Um, Mary. Um, and they're being picked up because they're having shit. a tough time in this modern world of ours. <laughs> Oh. Living in Hollywood so far away from the rolling hills of Kent or wherever they're from. How has this gone out of my head so quickly? Lady Edith? One more. Lady... Oh, she's the spitfire young one. Her <laughs> name is... The following. Oh, I can't remember it. I can see her face. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Joe, you're going to be really angry with this next one. Poor Tara. Uh, Tara? Yeah. We have five kids to be picked up by the following parents. Is it Cliff and Claire? The parents are, no. Oh, oh God, that's what I was it's thinking. It's Claire and Cliff. <laughs> oh, shut up. Okay, it's the Cosby Show. And their kids are Sandra, Denise, uh, Theo, Vanessa, and Rudy. Correct for six nice points overall. Job. And our last question for Joe: six kids. So you're getting one more here. You got one less with the three. Okay. Evens out. 
now arriving at the Tommy Westfall Daycare Center here in beautiful mm, West Hollywood, let's say. <laughs> Carol, sorry, <laughs> and Mike. Carol and Mike Brady from the Brady Bunch. Correct. Okay, so we have Greg, Peter, Bobby, Marsha, Jan, Cindy. Nice. Correct. And Alice was kind of a dependent, so I think you should count Alice as well. <laughs> I really feel like. And Tiger. And, and Tiger. And Cousin Oliver. And Cousin Oliver. Come on now. <laughs> uh, they showed up on their taxes, I'm sure. All right, so let us get the final score. Tara? 37. 37-2. 31. Oh, all right. Well played, Tara. Well played. <laughs> Chiss and giggles? Sure. Yes. Okay. The parents now arriving? Yep. First I shouted out, guess the theoretical point. Yeah. Carol? Yeah. And Susan, who are they picking up? Ben. Oh! <laughs> who has friend superiority now? What are their last names, Joe? Oh, shit. I don't know. Carol Willick, Susan Bunch. Go ahead. All right, Jane. guys. That's it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. The reviews for our first segment are in people thought our discussion of Ridley Scott's Prometheus wasn't as scary as they expected <laughs> and lacked character development. <laughs> Speaking of character development, we discussed the Mad Men finale dealing with the fallout of Lane's hanging. Speaking of hanging, we didn't leave you hanging about the series premiere of Bunheads, including charges of racial insensitivity. Speaking of racial sensitivity, we inducted Better Off Ted's racial sensitivity to the canon, an episode about doors not opening for black people. Speaking about people who don't care about black people, we crowned George W. Bush winner of the week. And speaking of winners, Tara was the winner of this week's daycare game time. Speaking of time, it is time to visit our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, and make a comment on our website. Go to extrahotgreat.com for all the details. Did I mention that our game time was from Teresa at any point? I no. hope I did. Uh, thank if you, I Teresa. Didn't, thank you. That Teresa. was really fun. Uh, remember, folks, we're listening. I am David T. Cole on behalf of Tara Ariano. Wesley! And newly healed Joe Reed. Winnie and Nelson, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Great. Well, my door is always open to you. Please close it on the way out.